Are you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday? Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week. Which frogs survive best in human environments? Your teacher is Dr Jody Rowley, Curator of Amphibian and Reptile Conservation Biology at the Australian Museum. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's important, you say, that we identify which frog species are likely to be tolerant of habitat modification and which are likely to be intolerant. Yeah, definitely. Increasingly, we are, as humans, are modifying this world where we're building apartments, we're building houses, we're transforming the bush. Uh, and so we really need to know which frogs can handle these environments and which frogs are not going to do well as we advance over them. Okay. Enter uh, an army of citizen scientists. Oh, we needed everybody's help. This has been a fantastically enormous study. And what we needed was we needed this continental scale look across Australia. How are frogs doing? Which frogs are in our backyards? Which frogs are in our rural areas? And which frogs need the sort of pristine bush? And there's no way on earth I could have done this 10,000 lifetimes. And thankfully, there were hundreds, uh, hundreds and thousands, tens of thousands of people across Australia recording frogs from their backyards to the bush. And that has helped us for the first time understand much more about our frogs. Okay, the Frog ID Project, if you're listening to this, join up. 126,000 records were available for you to use in this study. Yeah, and we are actually at more than 300,000 now. So imagine all that we're working on so many different things from this information, but it's incredible to get over 100,000 records. And out of those, we had enough information on uh, about uh, almost 90 of our species. So we could get a really good understanding of 90 of Australia's. We've got roughly 240 species. So it was a good chunk of frogs where we had enough recordings of to be able to rank them according to their tolerance for Modification. Okay, should we go to the good news first or the bad news? There, there are. Let's go to the good news. There are about thirty percent of Australian frogs, which do seem to be quite tolerant. They survive quite well in human affected environments. Yeah, and more than tolerant, some of them actually love it. And it's perhaps not surprising that the number one most tolerant frog is the striped marsh frog, and that is in Sydney, in Brisbane, and in Melbourne. It is a common backyard inhabitant, and this frog was just lucky enough in the sort of evolution scheme of things that it's adapted perfectly to the kinds of habitats we tend to create. So the kind of small ponds that are permanent in people's backyards, we are building perfect striped marsh frog habitat. Okay, that wasn't the only one. You, in fact, you, you ranked the top three for, for resilience, I suppose, in the face of human encroachment. Yeah, so uh, number two was Australia's largest tree frog, which is the white-lipped tree frog. So people up in Cairns in particular would be familiar with the noise. It almost sounds like someone trying to break into your house. So you used to have a pet, a pet white lit tree frog that did sort of a, eh, I can't even do it, but it's like sort of like someone trying to bash into your Jody, house. Jody, yeah. you can do it. Jody. <laughs> it's like, eh, eh, eh. oh, that's a, te- that's terrible. Please download the Frog ID app and actually listen to that call. I'm, I'm pleased. Hopefully that gave someone enjoyment because that was ridiculous. Big, loud call. Big frog loves the kinds of habitats we create. And number three was over in Perth, uh, and that is one of my favourite frogs also, and that I can impersonate a little bit better, and that is the motorbike frog, aptly named because its call sounds a little bit like, or much more, much much better than my last attempt. So, so it's a, 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 well, a motorbike that's running out of fuel, right? <laughs> yeah, also a really annoying neighbour revving up their motorbike on a Saturday morning, yep. <laughs> okay, they're tolerant. Now, the bad news, I suppose, 70% of the frogs you studied are really quite intolerant of this sort of human encroachment. 
Yeah, to varying degrees. So there's a handful of species that are kind of on the line. They actually don't care either way, whether they're in urban environments and the common, the common eastern froglet, the tiny little that we often hear but very rarely see. And that's the, the number one frog recorded in Frog ID. That actually, it surprised me. I thought it would probably like the kind of habitats we create, but actually it just doesn't care. It loves everywhere. Uh, and so that was all over the shop. But there was 70% of Australia's frogs, of the ones that we studied, were actually to some degree found less often the more modified the habitat was. Okay, what's the least tolerant frog in Australia? And and I said in a way the one that most needs our help to survive this increasingly human-influenced world. Well, it belongs to a group of frogs that actually are overall pretty intolerant. So it's the crawling toadlet, uh, which is from Western Australia in the southwest. And this was almost never found when you were sort of in, in the city, in suburbia or in rural areas, really did seem to kind of only really hang on in the kind of the bush. And one of the reasons, so this, this study is all led by PhD student Gracie Liu, who at uh, University of New South Wales with me, uh, and she actually sort of tried to figure out the traits as well. So what makes, not just sort of ranking them, but what makes some of these frogs least tolerant? And she found, and we found together, that actually particularly it was the, the frogs that laid their eggs on the ground instead of the water, usually in leaf leaf litter. Uh, and so the crawling frog is amongst these group of frogs, these brood frogs. And uh, across in Sydney, mm-hmm. we have one of our own brood frogs, and that is the red crown toadlet. And that is threatened. Um, so we're what's, what's wrong with laying your eggs on Leaf, there's lots of leaf litter in a North Shore garden. Not, not the kind of leaf litter they like. So it's the kind of messy leaf litter, it's the thick leaf litter, it's the kind of gluggy leaf litter on the bottom, and it's usually in these kind of rivulets. So places that are not wet all the time, but when it rains and when they get sort of a good sandstone sort of leaks sort of come, come out, and, and that's when the eggs hatch and then they flow into bigger pools of water. So quite specific habitat requirements. Um, and so those type of frogs don't do so well. Whereas frogs that call from vegetation, and so we might be able to beef up the vegetation in our backyards, they actually did did pretty well in cities. So that points us to maybe that we can just really help out those frogs in the cities, provide more vegetation, but still have places where the red-crowned toadlet and the crawling toad can survive. Okay, I love the name of the bleating froglet. This is the second most intolerant species according to your study. Yeah, this is a a tiny little frog again, hardly ever heard uh, and it sounds a little bit like a sheep. Um, (laughs) 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 And they kind of, there's the the sort of, the the other sort of version um, which is more more in Perth, which is one. (laughs) So like that, it's 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 so fun being able to ID frogs from their calls, and obviously this is what the whole project's about. Um, and so just by recording calls, we've been able to figure out, yeah, that there's some pretty pretty. Uh in trouble frogs when it comes to urbanisation. And so when we plan cities, I mean, it does seem like it's bad news, but this gives us power. Having this knowledge, thanks to everybody out there with this phone, we now know that when we're expanding our urban or suburban areas, um, when we're really modifying what's going on, we know which frogs are going to be fine and we don't have to worry about them. And we know which frogs that we're going to be impacting on. Okay, let's take one last one. And I'm counting on you to do this sound effect because the name is the ticking frog. <laughs> this is the, th- the third most vulnerable. Again, from Southwest WA, uh, um, a little bit like, <laughs> so it has like a little introduction call. Maybe they're telling the boys to go away and then it follows up with that little love song, The Ticking. The Ticking, and it sounds like ticking, doesn't it? <laughs> it Absolutely, does. perfect name. And, and why is this so vulnerable? Uh, 
we it's small and again it does tend to lay its eggs on the land um, and and has quite specific habitat requirements so the frogs that seem to do well the ones that tend not to mind so much where they are or even prefer the habitats we create all right plug for the frog id you've already got lots of citizen scientists signed up you want more though don't you oh we we desperately need more so definitely we have lots of parts of australia where we have no records of frogs no scientific records at all not through frog id not from anything else and we really need to know how the frogs are doing there and we also want repeat recording so a lot of people say oh, you've got my strat frog marsh frog in my backyard you don't want another one do you yes every day so frogs are amazing indicators of environmental change including climate change we want to understand how frogs are doing and in, by proxy how our environment is doing in this crazy changing landscape in response to drought fires and and just sort of every day so definitely if you've got a frog please record it every night all right so frog id you download the app onto your phone you're wandering on a bushwalk or in your own backyard and you hear a frog you you, you whack on the id the, the the app record the frog and it sends in the data of where this frog was what frog it is um, and, uh, and and then puts it together with all these other citizen scientists so you can tell the spread and whether the population is growing, <coughs> excuse me, growing or shrinking. Yeah, definitely. It tells us all sorts of things. So we actually also have the audio. So in addition to these studies that are just looking at the records, we're actually analysing frog calls. We're looking at accents. We're trying to discover if there are species that aren't known to science across Australia. And that is thanks to everybody out there with the Frog ID app recording frogs. It's as easy as 20 seconds of recording and you can really help us better understand and conserve frogs and our environment. And remember, if you don't record it, Jodie can't do her impersonations here on The Drive <laughs> Show, which are, which are so treasured, I can't tell you. Hey, thanks so much for the lesson. Thank you. There you go. There's Dr Jodie Rowley. She's curator of amphibian and reptile conservation biology at the Australian Museum. You can hear her lesson again online, abc.net.au slash Sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, a lesson from Elizabeth Mossop, landscape architect and urbanist from the University of Technology here in Sydney. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.